George um, was an unusual baby, just cried, very agitated and the first signs immediately to everybody was that there is something wrong with him. Three to six months come along, he never smiled. Um, I started to take him backwards and forwards to the hospital, obviously, because he showed signs of almost, as I touched him, like he was on fire. And then he would walk around the house when he did learn to walk, but wouldn't look my way. There was never, ever any kind of communication between me and George. There was nothing at all. And the most difficult thing, I think, for me was having no affection towards me never touching him, never being able to hold him. If I went near him, he would scream. The, the closest I got to him is when he was in a deep sleep because we used to give him a um, like cow pole then to help him to sleep, to make him relaxed. He used to have curly blonde hair and I used to wait till he was in a deep sleep just to be able to feel and touch his hair. Do you know, I used to sit and imagine what it would be like to hear him talk, if, if you get what I'm saying. People said, oh, your child, has your child been abused? That's why you don't talk. You hear the mothers gossiping at the school that your child couldn't speak. And then doctors started to get involved and um, they'd done many tests on him. They did say that he does have a blank on his brain. He then got diagnosed on the Asperger's and autistic spectrum. But um, being diagnosed didn't really help. And it's something I, I just got used to, really that I was going to live with this child and accept him for what he is. There was a stray cat that came into our garden with blood down its neck and it really distressed me. I wasn't the biggest of cat fans to start with because my mum was known as Catwoman. There must have been up to 28, 29 at a time in my mum's house. It obviously got caught on someone's fence or something. Well, I ran around, I said, oh my God, this cat's covered in blood, so we got some food. I told George all about it and said, this poor cat's really sick, I've got to catch it in this box. Because what it is with George is, even though he didn't talk at all, I've always talked to him. And uh, so I'm explaining to George still, George isn't answering, but George is listening all the time and looking and watching everything. And... Absolutely. I mean, I still feel mad saying it now. Out of nowhere, George said in a high-pitched voice, it's like a cartoon character, Well, this is coming out of a child who had never spoke. I froze just thinking to myself, my child for the first time in seven years, talking. Am I imagining he's just done those sort of sounds, funny high-pitched sounds or... I said to him, what are you doing? What are you doing? Boo-boo, boo-boo. I said, you talking to the cat? Is that the cat's name? Boo-boo, boo-boo. I came straight in to phone my mum to tell my mum what had happened. I went from the cat to the psychiatrist to George's dad to everybody in the phone book. Everyone thought I was totally mad, but all drove over here. So we had a whole house of people with him walking around saying this high-pitched voice boo-boo thing. They heard it themselves. They all stood staring at each other and they thought, oh, thank God the mum's not lost it. The child's talking. That was the actual start of him talking. So I thought, well, that's the start of something. So we brought the cat home. He was there now, family. He decided to name the cat Ben. Ben would follow George around. I mean, it was like having a dog. He talked through the cat. 
everything was in this high-pitched voice, and then he played through the cat. It was really like a real proper friendship. They would have a routine bit of play. The cat had to sit at the dinner table and eat dinner with us. And I went along with it because if George asked for a fish finger, the cat had a fish finger. And whilst George said fish finger, I was happy for the cat to sit at the table. And that's how it worked. And George went on and asked for a trampoline. And the minute George got on his trampoline, the cat would have to get on it. It was so funny to watch, but the cat liked it. George used to just absolutely, absolutely laugh. I had never heard George laugh, see, and no one else likes the child or he hasn't got any friends. He's only got the cat. The cat started purring and rubbing up my legs and I said to George, when it purrs, it's doing something it done to its mum, it wants love. So when the cat done that to my leg, George done the same. That's the first time George has ever cuddled me by rubbing up my legs and everyone said, oh, well, now that it is getting strange, letting your son rub up your leg like a cat. Don't mix with him, his mother's not right. You know, he's acting like a cat. It's all right for other people to judge, but they hadn't had a child for seven years that never give them any attention. Long time to wait, isn't it, you know? Everything was running really smooth and um, we was having a great time and um, we decided to go on a holiday. We had uh, George's dad come and stay here to look after Ben. We got to day three of our holiday and we got a phone call to say that Ben had gone missing. Well, immediately there was complete and utter blank. George, he just absolutely went stiff. He packed his bag and he looked at me and he said... Um, We've got to go home, haven't we, and get him back. We actually flew home on day four. <laughs> we went on this mission to try and find our cat. All day long, all night, I had phone calls. I opened a Facebook page. I opened a website. I was going to local shops, post offices, pubs. I was handing out posters of a night. I got nearly got arrested outside the local school for handing out leaflets. But I continued to do it, hoping that they would arrest me because then I would get free advertising in the local newspaper because we couldn't afford to do it any other way. I wanted it on the side of the bus and I wanted it on the TV because I just wanted to say to people, look, this cat made my child talk. I got many, many, many phone calls. I had thousands of people help me. Every dead animal that got run over, I got called to pick it up to say, is it him? George was very depressed, he didn't eat, he stayed in his room. It, it became like a full-time job. Local people said, oh, here comes the mad cat woman. I've got myself a terrible name, but I was so desperate. Please, somebody help. It was getting nearer to Christmas, and um, obviously Christmas was out the window. George wouldn't leave the house friends close friends they said you know you're really tiring you look ill and maybe you should at this point say to George should we think about getting another cat so three months later um at this desperate point I got this phone call from this lady hi I've got a cat in my um conservatory is your name Julia Romp I said oh my god I can't believe it where are you expecting her to say Hounslow Isworth somewhere in London she said oh she said I'm in Brighton my love well I'm not kidding you I nearly fell off the chair well Brighton's like 90 miles is it 90 or 80 
I got to this house, knocked on the door, I was so nervous, and there's this whole family stood at the door all really smiling like that. It was like they were going to sing carols to me or something like that. They started giving me tea and biscuits and saying, oh, your clothes are wet, and, you know, they didn't just go and get my cat. All I kept thinking about is, where's the cat? Where's the cat? She said, don't worry, I am going to take you to your cat. They opened the door and I could not believe it. My heart just, just, I felt like it dropped out my boot. And he popped his little head out the basket and he ran, jumped in my arms. As I tried to take him off of me like a baby, this cat, and pull his neck away from my neck, do you know he held on to me? I kept saying, come on, Babu, I've got to put you in the basket to get you home. We couldn't get him off me. We come back and all of a sudden, as I got really close to home, it was pumping through my thoughts and my feelings. How's George going to react? My God, you don't think, you know, I hope he doesn't not feel right about it, the fact he's gone. So I shouted out to George up the stairs. I said, George, Mummy's home and Babu's here. He come running down the stairs and he had this massive big smile on his face and um, I could just see, you know, you can just see in his face, I could just see. And I said, oh, here he is, here's Babu. And he said, oh, my God. And then he made jokes and got him out and he was just as loving as ever. And I was totally exhausted. I just sat on the sofa and George pulled everything down, the Christmas tree, the decorations, and I just let him just jump around the front room and them two carry on. And they danced and he laughed and he carried on as normal. George was seven when he had been. He's now 16. He goes to college now. You know, I'm not saying he's 100% social. He does find life very difficult. But he is one fine, kind, nice person. I swore blind I'd never turn out like my mother. Being brought up with cats, lots of cats, let me tell you. The cats were more important than us. I was a child, I just said that when I grow up I was going to have a hair-free, um, cat-free house. Little did I know that later on in life, and I was not only going to turn into me mother, I've got three ferals living with me at the moment, and I ended up saving Ben. And uh, Ben opened George's world and um, saved my life. <laughs> That taught me a lesson, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, never mind. The cat came back, the cat came back. I thought he was a goner, but the cat came back because he wouldn't stay away. Much love to everybody over there, Julia, even the cat. Now, Julia wrote a book about how this all went down. We're going to have a link to it on our website, snapjudgment.org. That story was produced by Anna Sussman. Round.